tonight, Matthew 24, really just two verses tonight, but uh, five verses, so I'll read three supplement verses, I guess, and uh, we'll be in Matthew 24, and then we'll turn immediately over to Luke, or rather Hebrews 11 here for a verse here, and uh, I want you to enjoy the service tonight, I want you to relax, I want you to, uh, it's nice and cool, I want you to say it was good to be in the house of the Lord, I want you to... Uh, enjoy our time together here in the minutes that we have, and we'll be done. I'm going to try to fly through things here, but i got a very important subject, I, th- I think it is anyhow, and uh, it's a little bit on the serious side, I suppose, and uh, at least where the message is going, and this message was spawned last Sunday night, thanks to Justin Neal that preached the message on faith. It was a great message, by the way, and uh, I don't know if this happens to you, and it's a, when your mind goes... Uh, and I was listening to everything the preacher said, but my mind uh, spawned new thoughts, as, uh, and I, my mind was going elsewhere as he was preaching. It was on the subject of faith. And I want to preach tonight a message entitled, What Does Walking by Faith Look Like in 2021? And uh, we'll get to our text here, and then we'll, we'll make application here, and I think you'll see fairly quickly where we're going to go. Matthew 24, I'm going to remain seated, because unlike Eric, I'm a nice guy, and I'm going to have you be seated for... Uh, uh, because we stand too much, and uh, the, young, the older, the young kids, they, they don't understand this, but when you get old and feeble, you like to sit down as much as you can. So I'm going to let you remain, remain seated for the reading of the word, God's Word tonight. It is Sunday night after all, but stand up in your heart, but sit down in your seat. Matthew 24, now I have to get serious here for a moment here. Verse 36, I'd like to read the next to verse 39 and make emphasis. Let me read the scripture, please. Matthew 24 the Olive Discourse, the Lord Jesus said, But of the day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Jesus referring to his coming, returning. Now I believe, for the record, I believe that Jesus knows exactly when he's going to return. Now he's glorified body, the kenosis is off, and in regards to uh, the putting off is uh, uh, put away here. He's in heaven and he's God, and he knows exactly when he's coming back, of course. That's neither here nor there. Verse 37 is one of our two text verses. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, I shouldn't have to prep you, but how many think the coming of the Son of Man is soon? Thank you, all four of you. Amen. And I think it's soon. I think it's coming sooner than, I know know this fact, it's sooner than ever before. And it uh, could happen tonight, I know that. I've been preaching that for 50 years, and I've heard it for my whole adult and teenage life. Verse 38 and 39 for supplement. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? Is life going on as normal with hiccups along the way? But the Bible says, verse 39, and knew not until the flood came, they didn't even see it coming. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now let's turn over to Hebrews 11 and read one verse there together. And I'll read this in unison here. Hebrews 11, if you turn there, please. The fall of faith chapter. We all know verse 6, most of us know verse number 1 and maybe a couple other selected verses, but I refer you to verse number 7, cross-reference verse in regards to the life of Noah. Let's read it all together here. Hebrews eleven seven, reading together. Ready? Begin. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, as of yet the fear... 
by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Okay, I admit. Okay, here, here's, here's my new preaching format. I have to write my words in large letters so I can actually see them. I made the mistake of actually looking at my Bible, which has small font print, and I couldn't read. I lost my place. My apologies. But by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved to fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, and by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. I don't think I need to tell anybody in this room tonight that we're living in different days today than uh, ever before, at least in my lifetime, and I think in your lifetime as well. Young people, we're not living in the so-called norm. Uh, I don't expect you to, to know what I'm talking about. Of course, we're talking about some, we're talking some kids here and some young teenagers and some tweens and some teenagers that uh, this is all they know. But I knew a different time. And uh, I... As Justin was preaching, I appreciated everything he said again. He didn't say anything wrong last week. Everything he said was right, as a matter of fact, and was good and great application and so forth. But my mind got churning, and I want to talk about the faith that I remember as a boy for a few minutes, and we'll move forward from there and talk about faith in, on, May, on May 23rd, 2021. Let's ask God's blessing. Heavenly Father, Lord, you know my heart is full of uh, illustrations and thoughts and uh, dear God, a number of them are written down here. Dear God, help me to stay on point and, Lord, to be concise as we can be tonight, Lord, but also make application. Father, these are so different days from what some of us grew up when, Lord, this America has changed maybe radically, maybe forever. The world has changed, and it's changing so fast we can't keep up with it. We're being tsunamied, it seems like, avalanched. Lord, we can't keep up with the pace of our cell phones alone or anything else. Lord, I pray that you might help us understand and discern what New Testament walking by faith is in May of 2021. We'll thank you for it. I pray you bless Holy Spirit of God. Give unction, we pray. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I reminisce for a few minutes here tonight? I'm just old enough to remember the, for lack of a better phrase, and maybe a trite phrase, but the good old days. Looking at Brother Howard here, I, can, I think he can relate with me real quick here, what I mean when I say the good old days. And the good old days for me are probably different than a lot of people, but uh, I'm old enough to recall when a number of God's incredible blessings on faithful Christians and faithful churches, God's blessings that were just, we saw the miraculous hand of God. I saw B.F. Lakin preach the gospel, preach on John 3.16 and in Kentucky as a 22-year-old boy. I know many of you don't even know who B.F. Lakin was. Or, or not B.F. Lakin, I've heard B.R. Lakin, thank you, B.R. Lakin. Great preacher of the gospel, preach on John 3.16. I'm okay now, I just got a, just an emotional thought. I uh, went into that message pretty cocky, I suppose. He's going to preach, Susan preach on, said he's going to preach on John 3.16. My mind turned off and he said, and he said something like, if you don't need to hear John 3.16 tonight, you need to hear more than anybody else. And I was that person. There was a, uh, uh, it was a country Baptist church in Kentucky. I think it was 350 people in the auditorium, smaller than this auditorium here. It was jam-packed. It wasn't a place left to sit. And I don't think there was a dry in the entire place after 20 minutes of hearing B.R. Lake and preach on John 3.16. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. I remember Sunday night services. It seemed like everybody had them, by the way. I made mention, I think, last week, or maybe the week before last, whatever, 
But New Line Baptist Church, almost two, oh no, excuse me, it's over 200 years old now. Named after Old Lyme, Connecticut. My church that I got saved in and baptized in. And uh, that church had Sunday night services at 7.30 p.m. on Sunday night. And the youth group went for 20 or 30 of us would meet for Sunday night at 6.30 for youth group. And uh, the place was on fire. The, the hottest deal in town was what was happening at New Line Baptist Church on Sunday nights. And that could be said for all over America uh, I've been to Akron Baptist Temple, a lot, has been church, I suppose, for many years. It's a small little purpose-driven church today. I'm not trying to be facetious when I say that. It probably runs a couple few thousand today. Back in the heyday, back in the 60s, it ran on their 1963, on their 25th anniversary, they had over 50,000 people in church for their anniversary Sunday, the 25th anniversary Sunday. God was doing great work there, and I could describe the auditorium to you. It was just quite amazing. Sonny and I were there maybe 20, 20 plus years ago now on a Wednesday night between Christmas and Easter and they had eight funerals already lined up for the week already. They're just that big of a church and you could drive tractor trailers down the aisles of the padded crushed velvet red seats of the 4,500 seat auditorium and I was there. I was, as Justin was preaching Sunday night about faith, uh, on Monday, last Monday, we took a survey trip, Sonny and I did. We took off after the the service was last Sunday or Sunday before last. It was now, now I'm getting confused. Two two Sundays ago, whenever it was, doesn't matter. But we went up to uh, Lake George, and then we went beyond. How many have been to Word of Life? Anybody been to Word of Life here? Yes. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I was devastated. I pulled into Word of Life. Now, Word of Life in Scroon Lake, New York. Just for you that have not been there, and if you've not been there, you've missed something. The biggest island on Scroon Lake is owned by Word of Life. It's their Christian camp. They own five different properties. When I say five different properties, I'm talking about properties larger than Harvest Baptist Church, one single property, all five of them. The, uh, we were pulled into the conference center there, millions of dollars, I mean, let me, no exaggeration, tens of millions of dollars of buildings. The conference center, the indoor swimming pool, the, 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 uh, the auditorium, the, the plush uh, Howard Johnson or uh, uh, Holiday Inn type hotel rooms, the chalets to the right, the, the cabins, the, the putt-putt miniature golf courses, the ponds, the, the, the view overlooking the lake, uh, the, the conference center is beautiful. We pulled in deserted. Pine cone, the parking lot, not, not a, we had drove through the whole campus. We found, finally found two cars here back into the property, evidently security guards watching the place. The whole place was shut down, the whole place. We went to the camp next, to the summer camp. Fantastic buildings and gorgeous facilities and so forth, shut down. We went to the second camp that they have, uh, the Cowboy Town. You could make a, a West, Cowboy Western movie there uh, with a, a whole Cowboy literal town building, this general store and, uh, and the, the jail and uh, the, the, all the, the mock-up. You could make a movie there and uh, shut down. Uh, we went uh, to the, the campus, shut down. We went to, um, I, I'm, uh, it, my, my, probably hundreds of millions of dollars would be an exaggeration, but tens and tens of millions of dollars. Word of life is shut down. Uh, we finally went to the Harry Bombeck Center. I don't know if anybody's been there, but the Harry Bombeck Center, just to give you an idea, I walked in and I said, there was cars there, and I said, I got to go in, I got to see this place. And there was cars out there, the only place where there was cars. We walked in, they have a black and white photograph larger than our whole whole front stage here in the foyer of uh, the thousands in the Harry Bombeck uh, Word of Life Center there in the 1950s to 1960s, a picture of God's working in Word of Life. Uh, just for the record, uh, 
Lucio and Amanda went to Word of Life in Argentina. They got Word of Life campuses all over the world. And when they went to Word of Life just a few years ago, really 15 years ago, whatever it was, they had over 600 students. Lucio told me they have 60 this morning, or 60 today. Uh, Word of Life is the, the, the uh, let, me, let me move on and I'll make application here in a moment here. But I was at a certain church, I could name it, and most of you, some of you old timers who know who I'm talking about, it's in a church in Indiana. Last time we were there on Sunday morning, it was probably 25 years ago, they had 23,600 people in church on the Sunday we were there. They baptized in one Sunday morning, we were there, I saw with my own eyes. They baptized 256 people in one day. And uh, we stuck around for the first 10 or 15 people getting baptized, and it was at the end of the service, and they have the Hive Church organ and the 75 seat hundred auditorium, and, they, and, uh, and we walked out, of course. But uh, I've seen those days. I was at Berean Baptist Church in Rockford, Illinois, for just two years. We saw high days of, uh, on a low day, we'd run 600, 700 people in church. On high days, we'd run over 1,300 people in church. We'd bus in several hundred kids, uh, three or 400 kids on a regular Sunday and six, 700 kids on big Sundays. I preached regularly. I preached to less than 100 this morning. When I was a 25-year-old kid, I preached regularly to 130, 150 kids. Uh, one Sunday, I preached over, over in fact, it was that big 1,300-day Sunday, I preached to over 300 kids. They had like 25 kids get saved. I've never had 25 people get saved at a message I've ever preached in my entire life. Uh, but 25 years ago, I, I, or rather 40 years ago, whatever it's been now, as a kid, I preached, and God poured out his blessings in hundreds of kids every week. We'd have to, in fact, when we gave the invitation, we, on purpose, tried to discourage them from coming. That's the gospel truth. If he came once, we'd send him back to their seat. And uh, we had so many kids come forward and want to get saved. That's, that's uh, I'm telling you, no embellishment when I tell you that. We want to make sure they knew what they were doing before they got saved. When Justin told me uh, yesterday, or rather last Sunday, when I asked him, uh, you know, he's had one of the largest independent Baptist churches, maybe the largest independent Baptist church in America right now. And uh, I says, well, what do you have in junior church? I was figuring five or 600 kids. And he said, 50. I, I about fell over. I said, 50. And I don't know if anybody caught my surprise, but I was, I was kind of shocked. I was at Berean Baptist Church. And like I said, on a bad Sunday, I preached to 100 kids. And that can be said for churches all over America. As a matter of fact, I'm just reminiscing, I'm just telling you about the good old days, what I remember, that I lived in the 80s and 90s. There's a guy named Elmore Towns, Brother Towns, I think, is still alive in 97 to 98 years of age. He's down there in Lynchburg, Virginia. He wrote the book of the 10 fastest growing churches in America back in the 70s. 34 of the 50 states, the largest church of any stripe or size or color outside the Catholic Church was an independent fundamental Baptist church. Today... Independent Baptist Church, how many churches do, do we, how many states do we run the highest church, or the highest, have the largest church in the state in? Zero. Uh, times have changed. Uh, I could go and talk about the second, first and second great awakening. I, listen, I got a half hour introduction and about a 12, 12 minute message, so just hang on here. But uh, the first and second great awakening, I remember hearing about it and being taught about it in public school, about the first great awakening in our country here. And, Right in Enfield, Connecticut, Jonathan Edwards, Sinner, Hanson, and God, and it was revered. Now it's mocked on the internet. It's hated. It's despised. The people in Enfield are embarrassed about it. The monument, the rock where the church stood, is uh, grown over and it's not even taken care of because people, they don't care. They're embarrassed that they used to have an old fogey preacher by the name of Jonathan Edwards, being the president of Princeton University, as their 
preacher and he preached a terrible message on sinners in the hands of an angry God. Things have changed. Our second great awakening started right in our backyard here. A thousand points of light. Our own John, Samuel J. Mills and, the, and the, the Apostle Paul of America, I call him. Uh, was right in our backyard. People don't even know. People in Torrington, people in Connecticut, people in New Hartford don't even know. They don't even realize that 400 people got saved on Town Hill Road in 1795 to 1800. That's, that's the whole population around here. Everybody got saved. I was in Hawaii 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and I went on the night, and God in his province let me go on the one night to the biggest church in Hawaii, right, in, right outside of Waikiki Beach, right next to Leolani Palace, I think you call it. And, of course, if you've seen Hawaii 5 you've seen Leolani Palace. And right there, I mean, I mean, from here to the front steps of the church, maybe, a little, maybe from here to the road, is the church, the Congregationalist Church. And there I heard with my own ears six preachers, the Kingdom Life preachers, testified that the greatest revival in the history of Christianity took place in Hawaii. Titus Cohen baptized 1,709 people in one day. And we don't even know who he is today. He was the Billy Graham of the day. The first megachurches in modern-day history were in Hawaii. 5,000, 10,000 people would come from all from miles away from all the islands, and the islands were converted to Christianity in, uh, in a period of five years. It was astounding. I remember some good old days. I remember some history of America as it used to be, but not so much today. Uh, Yes, we can blame it on COVID, I suppose, but Pew Research says that church attendance across America is at an all-time historical low. When people should be coming back to church, people have been fleeing church. We've gone to Internet services, not bashing Internet, I suppose. There's some good things about Internet, I suppose, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. But we've, we've traded in live services for online services. I know this is getting negative, and I'll, I'm going to transition here in a moment. I would dare submit to you that there's more division in Christianity than ever before in America. I don't know if that's around the world, but I'd be careful. No, I, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to say it even to this crowd here tonight. I'm not going to skip that. Let's put it this way. This last year and a half has caused a lot of, lot of uh, division in politics, in uh, philosophy, in education, in theology, and on and on we could go. We're living as in the days of Noah. And uh, the Bible says, in regards to the days of Noah, Luke 18, 8, I tell you, Jesus said, I will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, I'll avenge the faithful saints speedily. One day God's going to settle the score. He's going to do it right, his way. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Folks, my Jesus said, I'm not trying to be negative. He said this is a faithless generation as in the days of Noah. So shall all this be in the coming of the Son of Man. Uh, faithfulness is a rare commodity today. This is a sinful generation. I didn't say it. Let me just quote Jesus' words verbatim. Matthew 24, verse 12. And because iniquity shall abound, Jesus Christ said, the love of a few shall wax cold. No, the love of many shall wax cold. Folks, we're living in a sinful generation. We're living in a faceless generation. I didn't say it. Jesus Christ did. He said about this sinful generation in Mark 8, 38, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with his holy angels. 
We're living in a sinful and a faceless generation. I'm thrilled to be able to preach to whatever I'm preaching to tonight, 30 or 40 people, whatever is here tonight. And uh, not too many years ago, we would shudder. I, I would personally shudder, and maybe my own personal prideful self would shudder to think that we have a Sunday night service and preach to this few of people. And uh, that's probably my pride, my wicked pride. I'm mean, confessing that. And uh, we used to preach. Uh, now we're having a hard time getting over 100 on Sunday morning. I remember preaching to people, over 100 people on Sunday night and Wednesday nights, for that matter, for years. Those days are gone. Churches are streamlining. That's code for, and we've done some streamlining ourselves. That's code for downsizing. Uh, now, right about now, I'm looking at your faces, and you're pretty discouraged right now, and I'm doing it to you. I'm sorry. I apologize for that. So let's begin to transition here tonight in the minutes that we have tonight here. Questions. Is there great faith today? Think about it. What's the answer to that? Well, I think the answer, biblically speaking, is yes, there is. We see many people in the, the Shunammite woman, the, oh, great is thy faith, the Lord said. She wasn't even an Israelite, and God commanded her. There's great faith today. I was listening to uh, a month ago, I got transfixed. In fact, it was Sunday afternoon, The Voice of the Martyrs. I don't know if how many of you have heard that, but they had an Iranian pastor on there that was in prison for his faith. You know, I never heard about that on CNN, or rather uh, Fox News even, about uh, pastors being persecuted and so forth and leading Iranians to the Lord. That doesn't make the news. Did you notice that? Uh, they're, they're, good news is not broadcast. Good things and faithful people don't make the news. Godly people don't make the news. You know, we're, and let me just, just go aside uh, for a minute here just to say, say this. Uh, I'm not sure how much our cell phones are helping us in our lives. I'm not sure how much our, all this internet and all this information overload we, at our fingertips. I'm just going to say, you know, one black person is killed in America by a white person and the whole America and the world gets in riot form. We have 40-some million black people in America. Somebody's going to die and somebody's going to die unjustly from time to time. It's going to happen. But we are, we're going to be, it's going to be in our face, front and center, the, the second, within seconds after it happens. And it'll stay in front of our face. We, the reporters, they report bad news. They don't report good news. Is there great faith today? The answer is yes. We just never hear about it. Is there people that are walking with God? Yes. But good people don't make, faithful people don't make news uh, items. And so tonight here, why well, I ask the question, what does, faith, what does this faith look like? I ask more questions before we get to our, my six sound bites. Let me ask you this question. First of all, did Noah, did he have great faith? What do you think? And all God's people said... I think he had great faith. Can you imagine? I mean, I get discouraged when we have two or three bad weeks in a row, tenants-wise. Can you imagine preaching for a, a month and having no converts? How about for a year? How about for five years? How about for 10 years? How about for 20 years? How about for about 100 years? Can you see that crazy guy out there? We can make fun, and we, we almost, it's almost comical if you let it be. There's this guy building a boat out in the ark out in the middle of the uh, shipping barge out in the middle of the desert. It's never rained! 
They don't even know where rain is. The guy said, pardon me, he's an idiot, I almost said. He's building a boat in the desert. Do you think he got some query-eyed people looking at him? Some people that say, you're, Noah, you are not hitting on all eight cylinders. You're not dealing with a full deck. I don't think they knew that in those analogies back in their days. But I asked the question, did Noah have great faith? And we would all say, yes, he did. How about Jeremiah? Did he have great faith? Well, I think the answer is yes, he did. How many conferences did Jeremiah have? What did, he, what, did, what did his faith give him? He got in prison. How about Hosea? Go marry a prostitute, Hosea. That's a, you know the story, some of you, the upperclassmen. Did he have faith? Well, I think he had faith. How about Ezekiel? I mean, he, he had to do some disgusting things. He had to eat, well, I'll just say it. He brokered with God. He almost had to eat human dung, but God, he talked to God and let him eat cow dung instead. How'd you like to eat cow dung tonight after the service for uh, uh, refreshment afterwards? That's what Ezekiel went through. Did he have faith? How about Isaiah? How about Job? Though he slayed me, yet while he trusted him, do you think that his relative, or rather his friends, his three friends and his wife thought that he had great faith? No, Job cursed God and died. You know the story. So now it took me a half hour to get to my message here tonight, and we won't be long. What does walking by faith, then what does it look like in 2021? My, my postulate tonight is that walking by faith in the 1980s, when I was a young, young adult, in the 1970s when I was a teenager, in the 1990s, it looked a lot different than it looks today. Same God, same Lord, same Word of God, same, same walk in one sense, but the walk is different today because we're walking in different times. We're living in the, in the days of Noah. And so let me give you several things here. It's just six sound bites I guess I have tonight here. Of answering and addressing the question, what does walking by faith in 2021 look like that maybe looked a little bit differently in 1990s when I was at Berean Baptist Church in Rockville, Illinois, at pardon us slang, blowing and going church for the Lord, the going church for a coming Lord? Well, I would say, number one, that walking by faith in 2021 in our present day is walking by faithfulness in spite of fruitlessness. I've already asked the question, how many converts did Noah have after 100 years of preaching? How many know the answer? Give me a numerical number. There was how many souls saw him in that ark? Eight, save eight souls. Seven, seven counted himself, his wife and three, three uh, daughters and three sons. I always wondered where the, the grandsons and granddaughters were. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know if they had them or they didn't have them or what. But you'd think that they would have had grandsons and maybe great-grandsons. We only hear of eight. In fact, 1 Peter 3.20 says, which sometimes were disobedient when once long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah, the long-suffering of God. Oh, God's so long-suffering. He's so patient. He gave, he says, my spirit should not always strive with man in Genesis 6. And it took him 100 years to bring down his wrath on sinful man. He says, while in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, God calls us to be faithful in spite of fruitlessness. 1 Corinthians 4.2 is a verse that's helped me many times in my ministry, in my pastorate. The Bible says, moreover, it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. God's called us to be faithful. 
fruitfulness is a wonderful thing, but God's called us to be faithful. Being faithful or walking by faith in 2021 means being faithful when we're not so oftentimes fruitful. Uh, I would suggest to you, number two tonight, being faithful in this context that we live in, these days that we're currently living in, that faithfulness, walking by faith, is more internal, harder to detect, I put down, than external. You see, all those stories I gave about Word of Life in Berean Baptist Church and that mega church that ran 26,000 people on Sunday morning, it was all visual. I could see with my eyes. I, I remember it in my mind. I was there. I saw it. I experienced it. And uh, you get 7,000 people to sing. One of my most favorite songs was, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. I love that song. I want to sing it, but I, some of you would be like, I'm scratching, you know, scratching your nails on a blackboard. I get it. But I love that song. I've sang that with 50 people, 30 people, 100 people. But it was so great to sing that song with 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 people. Boy, it does something to you. There's something in, we equate, oftentimes we equate God's blessings with material, with, with numbers, numerically and so forth, and we, with visuals, things that we can see. But God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. And uh, we sometimes see a very successful ministry, and we say, oh, God's blessing that ministry. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Maybe there's somebody else that's blessing it, and I put that in quotations, of course. Number three, and some of these are parallel with one another or, or very close to the same, but in 2021, walking by faith means abiding and desiring to stay close to the vine, capital V, as in John chapter 15, in spite of unbelief all around us. Jesus said, let me just paraphrase, or John 15, 5, that's the, Jesus said, I'm the true vine, passage of scripture. And he said, he's the vine, I'm paraphrasing, he said, when we are the branches, and if we abide in him, we'll bear fruit. And then he says in verse 5, we'll bear much fruit. Well, Jesus himself, when he went to his own hometown, Nazareth in Matthew chapter 13, the king of kings, the, 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 the originator of all faith, the Bible says in Matthew 13, 58, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Unbelief does hamper the blessings of God, of course. And unbelief in other people's hearts, I have to be careful here, but I got to share the gospel with someone that I'll just say in the last, I guess it's been within the last three months. And I really went there, I remember praying, Lord, please, I know salvation is all of you. But God, please save this person. And I knew I had a one shot and it was done to, to talk to him about the Lord. And I did. I said, I'm just, I, I, I leveled both barrels. And I just, I, I just shot and gave the gospel as clear as I could and encouraged this person to receive Christ as Savior. He very subtly mocked me and mocked the message. A week later, he died. Uh, I walked away from there that moment in time thinking, you know, I gave the gospel. I would have liked to see him saved. I really would have liked to see him saved. And I remember I could tell you glorious stories of people getting gloriously saved, of course, and walking out of there rejoicing and so forth. 
it didn't happen three months ago when I had that opportunity, and then, then I got the phone call, or rather the text message, of course, that they'd passed on. The Lord said he did not many wonderly works there because of their unbelief, but he was faithful regardless. He walked by faith. But you have to exercise faith, I have to exercise faith, and unsaved people have to exercise faith to be saved. And Christians have to exercise faith to, to, to advance in their Christian life. Number four, I have just six, and so I have three, three more. Walking by faith in 2021 involves having an appetite for the deep things that is the meat of the word of God, not just the milk. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 2, and I could not speak to you as a spiritual, but as a carnal. Uh, and, and they, they couldn't handle the meat, meat of the word of God. I'm afraid that we have some very shallow Christianity uh, today, as Isaiah 30 and verse number 10 says, and they had it 2,500 years ago and 2,700 years ago in Isaiah's day, where the Lord said, the people said to the prophets, prophesy not to us, prophesy or write things, but prophesy to us smooth things. We want here, we have a Walmart Christianity today. We have a consumer Christianity. There's a reason why we have Sunday night services still, because uh, I'll be honest with you, I preach differently on Sunday night than I do on Sunday morning. Have you noticed that? I preach a lot more milk messages on Sunday morning. Why? I think I know the audience. At night, we preach more meat messages. Why? I think I know the audience. And there's some things I've even said tonight that would be offensive to the to the. Adolescent in Christ, it's a babe that hasn't grown up in Christ. Where we, we have a whole, there's a whole science, if I could use that word, of, in Christianity today, of uh, consumer-driven Christianity. I, again, I call it a Walmart Christianity, even in our Baptist churches. Don't say anything that'll, pardon me, there used to be a rock song as a kid, don't rock the boat, baby. Don't rock the boat. Don't say anything that's going to be offensive. Don't say anything that's going to hurt people. Don't say anything that's going to step on people's toes. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to tell you. This, God's my witness. I just can't tell you. I got a text this afternoon from the message this morning. And, uh, and, it was, uh, and I talked to the person just before the service, an hour and 10, 15 minutes ago. They're not here tonight. And I had to be evasive on purpose. But something I said in the message, which should, be, should have been totally accepted, and it really overall was. I smoothed over things and so forth, and maybe I... I didn't say it with the right inflection in my voice or what have you, but they were a little bit, I don't want to say hurt, but they were a little bit, uh, I don't want to say that too strong a word, but uh, we, we ended on a good note for the record, just for the record, I want you to know that. But we preach differently on Sunday night than we do on Sunday morning. Why? There's a whole crowd that can't handle strong meat. And it's part of, Christianity, we, we're, we're getting dumbed down. Or our, our education system is so dumbed down today. Young people, I'm not attacking you. I feel bad for you. I feel sorry for you. But study hard in school. Your teachers, many of them won't make you study hard, but you need to study as much as you can. And you need to learn beyond school. And not, be, you need to question. You need to learn with critical thinking or listen with critical thinking what's, what's true and what's not true. We're being fed a pack of lies every day on the radio and on the news and on in the internet and so forth, I, I googled uh, something another day uh, about evolution, and I mentioned it this morning in Sunday school class, and, and uh, 
uh, on Darwin's theory of evolution and the, the websites that come up, the, one of the first websites was bashing Christianity for their stupidity and their uh, foolishness and mocking science, falsely so-called, the Bible tells us, is mocking evolution. But we're living in a day, uh, 2021, walking by faith involves having an appetite not just for the milk of the Word of God, and I love the milk of the Word of God. I love milkshakes, by the way, but uh, 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 I love the milk of the Word of God, but uh, I love desserts. But we need to have milk. We need to have meat, rather, too, strong meat. Strong meat belongs to a full age. God wants us to grow up in him. That's the reason, one of the reasons that we should have Sunday night services still. And then number five, five and six here, and I got four minutes. Walking by faith in 2021 involves desiring to please God rather than the, than pleasing, the pleasing of men. In 1 Thessalonians 4.1, the Bible says, Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as they have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God... We're men-pleasers, I'm afraid. We want to have the praises of men. So we ought to abound more, so we, you would abound more and more, the, the scriptures say. We ought to desire to please God more than man. My postulate then, living by faith, walking by faith, and being a faithful shepherd, I suggest this, I'm not sure about this, but being a faithful shepherd may drive Christians away from the house of God more than drive Christians to the house of God. That's a sad commentary, I admit. And I, 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 but uh, we need to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, as the Lord says. We need to speak the truth. But we need to do it in love for sure. And last, I want to end on what I believe is a high note. What's the difference between walking in faith in 2021 as opposed to walking in faith in maybe 1980s or 1990s even or 1970s, what have you, for us old folks? Walking by faith in 2021 involves continuing to spread the gospel faithfully in spite of what is perceived as diminishing returns. In other words, Jesus said the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. He said the field is white already to harvest, they're ready to die. Supposedly a lot of people died this last year and a half from covid Although the CDC says there's no more, there no more deaths in 2020 than there were in 2019. How do you figure that one? But you figure it out. But God's called us, and if this message has been negative, I apologize for that. I don't want to do that tonight here. I don't want to, I don't want you to, I want to encourage you and build you up in the faith. I'm just saying today that walking by faith as a 62-year-old, 63-year-old is different today than it was being a 27, 30-year-old, 35-year-old, 40-year-old, 45-year-old, 50-year-old, and I could go on a little bit. Harvest Baptist churches and churches all across America are different today. The largest church in the Independent Baptist Church in America has 50 children in junior church. That blew my mind. What, are they not faithful any longer? No, they're very faithful. They're doing the work of God. They love God. They love the Lord. They're... they're, they're, they're they're doing everything that the people did in the church, I'm sure, in 1990 or 1980s or whatever, but they're not seeing the results that they used to see. That's okay. Our audience to please is God Almighty. Our audience is not man. Our visuals, are, we don't go walk by sight, we walk by faith. God judges from the internal, not the external. God knows the heart. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God has said in 
And I take comfort, and I, I close with a couple of illustrations. We're done here. I, I can't say the names. Some of you know these names here, but uh, somebody texted me. Made my whole. I, I called him back, and I said, "You made my whole day. You made me a whole week. You made my whole month." Uh, some one of our new converts texted me on Friday. I hadn't heard from him in a long time, and uh, they were all excited. They just read the Book of John for the first time in their life. Remember when you first read God's Word and it spoke to you? And it's like you, you read stuff that you said, "Man, I never know that was in the Bible. I think I'm the first person to ever see this." And uh, he wanted to let me know that he read John and he got such a blessing out of it. And uh, I wish I could say he was here today, but uh, he's like so many people. He works all day Sundays. He he's, works every Sunday. He's, been, he's got one of those jobs that works on the weekends, of course. And so he never can be here. And maybe we'll see him Wednesday night. But he got gloriously saved uh, a few months back. And I thank God he got saved last year in COVID. Uh, another lady got saved out in the foyer. And uh, some of you might know who I'm talking about. She was here two weeks ago. In fact, Mother's Day, she came to their whopping 815 service where we had 16 people in there in the service. But she was there with her husband. I was so glad to see it. God's still working. And my postulate is, my, my summation, I guess, is that God will bless people that walk faithfully in 2021, just like he blessed people that walked faithfully in 1980s and saw great results and great rewards God will bless the Noahs of the world as much as he blesses the Peters of the world at Pentecost. God will bless those that are faithful, come fruit come, or come famine. God blesses the faithful person. God's called us to be faithful unto death. And one day we'll be able to sing the song, not it, it will be worth it all, but it was worth it all. I want to hear those words. I don't know about you, but well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's be found faithful come Good times or bad times, come feast or come famine. Let's be faithful in the fruitful times and the unfruitful times. Let's be faithful and keep on serving God, and one day we'll hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Heavenly Father, Lord, Fanny Crosby had a difficult life, humanly speaking. Lord, blind for the vast majority of her life since she was a three-year-old girl. Lord, but she wrote wonderful songs. She wrote, I want to see my Savior first of all. She wrote uh, some wonderful, great songs there. I guess she didn't write it. It was worth it all. But, Lord, we, we know one day it will be worth it all to serve you. Serve you in the good times and serve you in the bad times. But be found faithful. Lord, bless your servants, dear God. Help us to get our joy and our strength from you, from internal blessings, dear God, and from an internal walk with thee, even though we're misunderstood by so many people. Even though we're looked at cross-eyed by people like they looked at Noah. But Noah stayed faithful in preaching. And he preached faithfully for that hundred plus years as he built that ark. And Lord, he's got great rewards in heaven. Help us to be found faithful in these last but exciting days as we serve for you, we pray. And we pray bless in our moments of invitation. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. It will be worth it all. I think it's page. I should have looked.